Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And welcome back, everybody, to this week's uh, discussion about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, uh, Sunday, October 31st, a.k.a. (laughs) All Hallows Eve. A.K. Halloween, mm-hmm. um, the first of a triduum, yes, mm-hmm, of All Hallows Eve, All Saints Day, and All Souls Day, October thirty first, November first, and November second. So some of you actually this Sunday might be celebrating All Saints Day, which may have a different gospel. Mm. Just FYI, so maybe you're doing it next Sunday on this on the seventh of of November. But whatever, it's movable, and whichever day you do it, you'll hear that gospel. And so we might be talking about a different gospel than you hear, but believe us, we're talking about the right gospel for this <laughs> Sunday based on the rest of the lectionary. Is here. there a wrong gospel, David? <sighs> That's a great question. We should have a whole podcast on that question. I think that we could spend some time talking about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So we will be talking about this upcoming week's gospel for proper 26 in year B, not the All Hallows Eve readings, not the All Saints readings, but the proper 26 readings, which are from Mark chapter 12. But before we get to that, we need to check in about where we saw God this past week. And Charlotte claims to have seen or felt God this past week. So we're going to interrogate her. Charlotte, would you share? I would. I would love to. So this past week, I was at one of our favorite places, David, although you were not there. Um, but I was at our diocesan camp, Camp Stevens, with a group of leaders that work in children's ministry and youth ministry from all over the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And that retreat was educational. It was for planning. And it was also for Sabbath, um, something that we're not always very good at those of us that work in formation, right? There's always work to do and the work is so life-giving. Why would we take a break? But Sabbath is important. And so we were up there and gathered and intentionally in that time period, the retreat was structured in a way that allowed a lot of collaborative time between people, opportunities to self-identify into groups that wanted to talk about specific things, um, to plan your Advent offering, what are you going to do for a Christmas pageant. And we had all of those opportunities, and it was really neat to watch people connecting groups of three or four that weren't the same groups all day, right? Like that people just plugged in and getting to know each other. But throughout the day, because I organized the event, several people kept coming up to me and saying, hey, is there going to be time to talk about this? And hey, is there going to be time to talk about this? And I realized that there was a deeper conversation that needed to be had. Or actually, I don't know that deeper is the right word. Grittier might be the right word for that. And it was addressing some of the needs that we all are feeling around not creating content, but the nuts and bolts of how do I get my volunteers to come back? Um, And we spend a lot of time talking about what's safe to do and how to engage with families and how to find families and all of this. But the reality is that without your volunteers, you can't run a program. You can't meet safe church standards without two people from different households, right? Like in these instances. 
And this doesn't sound awful, an awful lot like a God sighting, but let me tell you that it was because we spent 45 minutes just brainstorming with one congregation around their own specific needs and their own dynamics. And everybody was fully present in that moment um, in such a way that we were walking together, right? Like we consider that we walk with each other and we walk with Christ. And that was what was happening in that room. Like you could feel, maybe maybe it was technically a Holy Spirit sighting, um, because you could feel the movement in the room around the ideas and the brainstorming. And also to go back to last week's podcast, sitting with people in the areas where they were feeling frustration and pain, mm-hmm. right? And just being present to them in that way. Mm-hmm. And that evening when I went to bed, all of the other pieces of the day, which were really important, and I learned things and I planned things and all of that, as I laid in my bed and prepared to close out the day, the thing that was most valuable to me was that conversation because God was so present in that moment amongst all of the people. So cool. Yeah, it's so nice uh, to not feel like you're doing your work alone in the world. <laughs> yes. Which happens a lot in congregations because there's often one person focused on this one very specific thing and it's just their job to be focused on that thing and it's not anybody else's job to necessarily care. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have that kind of camaraderie and the Holy Spirit moving in that kind of support. So cool. Thanks, Charlotte, for yeah. sharing. And as always, we would love to hear from you any of your God sightings uh, where you felt or saw God moving in the world or maybe didn't any of your questions or comments or stories from your this week of faith discussion and reflection you can always uh, email us faith to go at edsd.org you can co- contact us through the website myfaith to go.org or you can uh, tag us or direct message us on Instagram at faith to go and we actually for the next few weeks will have another option for you to contact us because we have a survey Mm-hmm. that we would love for you to fill out to get some feedback about Faith to Go and the Faith to Go podcast, the other offerings of Faith to Go. We'll put a link to that survey in the description for this episode as well as the next few episodes, and we'll mention it again. So if you have time, it takes literally two minutes or Maybe five three, minutes, yes. <laughs> depending on how much you want to say. Uh, you could do it on your phone. You could do it on your computer, whatever you'd like. Um, but it's just a way of getting a sense of how people are using the resources, what people would like that we're not already doing, mm-hmm. uh, what we are doing that nobody's using. You know, we're trying to be efficient here right? and uh, use our, be good stewards of our time and energy. So we'd love to hear from you if you have time to click on that link and fill out the faith to go survey. Uh, thanks in advance for doing it. Yeah. Because I'm assuming everyone that's hearing this is going to click the link and fill it out. Well, and it's important that they do because, David, you and I say this all the time when we gather in this space, is that the Faith to Go listeners are our other teammate, right? So, yeah. like, as we're sitting here, we're always thinking about the mm-hmm. people that are listening to the podcast and your contributors. So. Yeah. Take a moment, fill out the survey, help us to know what you're looking for from us, what makes, you know, gives it value, but also, you know, like, are we missing something or are we creating something that has no value? All of those things that David said, but you are one of our teammates. Yes. So thanks for being on the team. Uh, And now we're going to transition to our discussion about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, Halloween, as I said, uh, October 31st. Proper 26 in year B. This is from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. Charlotte will read it, and then we'll each highlight a point that we hope you take into your week of faith discussion 
and reflection. One of the scribes came near and heard the Sadducees disputing with one another. And seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and beside him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. All right. So we're in Mark chapter 12. Uh, this is the very end of Mark chapter 12. Almost, there's a couple more things that happen after this, but not very much. Chapter 10 was where we were one week ago. So as you can tell, we've skipped a couple chapters. Mm -hmm. What we skipped was chapter 11, which was Jesus's entry into Jerusalem. So now Jesus is in Jerusalem uh, in that Passover week, you know, heading up to his, leading up to his uh, ultimate arrest very, very soon here. So that's why after that, they asked him no more questions. Mm -hmm. You know, that's we're getting towards the end, as you can tell. So that's where we are, and uh, I have the first point, um, and I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the where Jesus is uh, pulling these commandments from, because when neither one of these is from the Ten Commandments, right? To be clear, uh, so there's when we think of commandments or laws, uh, so many laws, so many commandments, hundreds of them. You know, if you go back to the the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of Hebrew scripture, uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy, um, you see God conveying commands and laws and things to Moses to the, just all the time. Right. And so the Ten Commandments is one place where that happens, but there's places all over the place. So uh, these two commandments are that Jesus is highlighting are from two different places in Hebrew scripture. One of them is from Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord our God, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That is from something called the Shema. Mm. Shema is the word for listen in Hebrew. So when it says hear or listen, O Israel, that's why it's called the Shema. Uh, and so that is where... Um, so in De De it's from Deuteronomy 6, and in Deuteronomy 6, uh, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is, is, is one. You shall love the Lord with your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your head. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Write them on your doorposts and on the houses and on your gates. And so uh, when Jesus is talking about people wearing those little phylact the phylacteries are long, they have the little things on their foreheads, and Jesus says there's there's a wide, so they're like keeping them from seeing things. That's what they're doing. They've got these, the Shema, like mm -hmm. in a little box on their forehead. Or if you've ever seen a mezuzah on a doorpost, mm -hmm. you know, that's got the Shema in it. Um, so this is like a really important commandment. This is like a really important thing in the Jewish tradition. And so 
Jesus is pulling on this love. This is where Jesus, because this says like the first like half of the Ten Commandments are about your relationship with God. But Jesus isn't talking about any of those. He's talking about this one. Love the Lord your God with you know, all these parts of yourself. And and then implied in that, because he's talking to a scribe who is someone whose job it is to really know scripture really well and to know all the laws really well, you know? So like when Jesus is, is highlighting these two things, he's not just highlighting the words that he's repeating, but everything that's around them. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm pulling from this today is like what, so within this like loving God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength is also this idea of like conveying that to others because it talks about how you shared this kind of love of God with your family, with your friends, how you like talk about it and share it and embody it and like bind it to yourself and write it on your heart, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's something that is like really so it's like so close to you, you know, you hold it. It's not just in your head, you know, it's like, it's inside you. It's on your skin. It's in your heart. It's like you're holding it like in your body. And then the other one is from Leviticus. So he's just jumping from book to book and he's just picking just two of these like hundreds of laws, right? And the cool thing about the, so the one from Leviticus is love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and uh, this comes from this part in Leviticus that's not, that isn't just like, so I'm just going to read this other, the other parts of this uh, chapter from Leviticus, Leviticus 19. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the falling grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. Mm-hmm. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely and you shall not lie to one another and you shall not swear falsely by my name. You shall not defraud your neighbor. You shall not steal and you shall not keep yourself the wages of a laborer until morning. You shall not revile the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor. Not be partial to the poor. Defer to the great. With justice, you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not hate in your heart. Any one of your kin, you shall reprove your neighbor or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. I am the Lord. And so it's interesting that it's like when we, when we just, it's like Jesus is implying in highlighting these things, these parts around it and these parts around it are God describing what it means, you know, to love your neighbor. And in other, you know, when like someone says, well, who is my neighbor? And in other of the gospels, when Jesus highlights this commandment, he tells a story of the good Samaritan to say, who is my neighbor? And And so it's this kind of like amazing radical thing that the neighbor is not just another Jewish person, but a person that you're supposed to hate. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. an alien, but Jesus isn't just making that up because if you look at Leviticus, it's saying, who is your neighbor? It's the alien, right? It's the poor person. It's the person that needs your crops just as much as you do. Mm -hmm. And they just happen to not own them, you know? And so like, so again, it's like bringing what it means to love back to our bodies, you know, back to our actions, back to what we do and how we treat people and how we do that with equity and justice and not just this kind of like lovey dovey greeting card kind of way of loving one another, that there is real gritty everyday implications to what mm-hmm. that means and it's about making sure everyone has what they need and not being greedy yourself 
you know, and and like and really taking to heart what it would mean to be to treat someone as you would like to be. Because and that, and it's just an interesting. It's just so cool that this is that like this is how God wraps up this whole part. Yeah. It's like do all this stuff, not because I'm telling you you have to do it, but because if you were in their position, you'd want it done to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so just to think about you know how, just kind of like in our hearts and bodies, like these things are meant to be, and how we're called to kind of embody these spiritual ideas in real, real like lived ways. Yeah. Well, and David, as you were talking, I was actually thinking about children because when I have this conversation with children about like, what does it mean to love your neighbor? Well, all of the things that you said are really important and we certainly want to think about and talk about justice issues with children also. But when you're in first grade, loving your neighbor means liking the frustrating kid. Uh Right. Like it means the person who when it's time to line up is the one that's like going down the line and counting each person to make sure that they're in their spot where they're supposed to be. And if not telling you to go and get in your right place, even though you just want to do your own thing and line up where you want to. Mm -hmm. That person who makes you bonkers every day because you don't want to be told where to go when you're in first grade, that's loving your neighbor. Uh Right. Like trying to figure out how to be in relationship with that or that person that always gets the ball you want when you get to the playground. And I think that as I and I'm sharing this because loving our neighbor means all of these great big things. But even as adults, sometimes we need to remember that loving our neighbor means not posting a snarky reply on the Internet. Because that's tempting too, right? Like we have this anonymous area where we think that we that boundaries no longer apply um, and that we behave in a way that isn't loving our neighbor. And I love the challenge of that, right? Like the, the challenge of loving your neighbor can be something really big and our hard work to do and deep and important connecting to Christ. And also it can be pushing pause before we say something unkind um, or type something. Truly, I think that's probably where most of the unkindness happens in the world these days. But I like that, that we can consider it from all of those angles at once. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that also takes us to the second point, which happens to be mine today since Mm. you went first. There's no one else. I know, suspicious. Um, But mine has to do with what we hear at the end. As we were talking about the gospel the other day, this really stood out for me. And it was when the scribe responds and echoes back to Jesus what is most important. And then the scribe says, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And then Jesus saw that he answered wisely. And I thought that was really interesting because, again, and I think it goes right back to your point, that I think we sometimes get confused over what's most important. Or even if it's not what's most important, we definitely get confused over what is the order of things. And that we give things a weight and an importance that we think is of value without really considering what is most valuable to God or what we are being called to by God. And so that's what we're hearing here from this scribe because he's he says, oh, wait, what you just said, those two rules, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, that's more important than burnt offerings. That's more important than fancy vestments or flowers on the altar. That's more important than all of the 
most glorious music that you can possibly imagine in the service. That's more important than your building, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like love God and love neighbor are the most important things. And it's superhuman to get focused on other things instead because we live in a world where we go through taking care of things, being responsible for buildings, being responsible for choirs, being responsible for our house and our car. I mean, like, let's make it more personal on that. We we are responsible for things. Mm-hmm. But none of those things are the most important. The most important is to love God and to love our neighbors. And that requires us each and every day, in fact, probably multiple times each day, to take stock and to reflect on how we are walking through that day. Mm -hmm. And are we living our lives in a way that shows our love of God? Um, Are we taking the time to pray? Are we taking the time to consider the weight of our words? Um, I think that that call, that reordering is something that we have to do every day. And for me, sometimes it's something I have to do in those moments like I was naming before when I'm really frustrated with somebody that I have to have my own internal conversation about like, where does loving, where does loving my neighbor look like in this moment? Mm -hmm. And that is not me saying that we all should be doormats that I'm not saying that. And that is, is particularly when we're talking about justice work. That's not me saying like, love your neighbor who is oppressing someone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Certainly not saying that. Um, But I do think that in those little infractions that we travel each day, those those, if you add up all of those infractions, if you stack them one by side, one beside each other across the table, that that separates us from God and from each other, that mm-hmm. we're building a, a wall between us. And that each time that we go to set one of those little tiny bricks in that space, instead that we get to reconsider and be like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I don't want to put this brick between me and you. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I need to remove this brick. And I need to refocus myself on what the right order of things is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes me it like the both of these points make me think of the very last thing that Jesus says, mm-hmm. and it's kind of striking to me because Jesus, after he says this thing, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. That's like a big thing for this scribe to say because mm-hmm. that's like the main been the main like way of embodying faith, of embodying this tradition, or has become that. You know, and Jesus is constantly pushing back against that, I think, and talking about embodying it in a different way. And so when Jesus says, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it's striking to me that Je- that it's that might that sounds really positive, but it also has kind of a negative, yeah. which is like, but you're not there yet. Yeah, because really you still have to do the thing mm-hmm. like to understand it, to like conceptually get it, that is one thing. But there's a whole other part of actually, again, embodying it in a different way. And that takes a lifetime of relearning our how we do things like that, right. how we embody things differently, how we respond to our those impulses, you know, to set up walls and to hurt people and whatever. And just that thing that you said about the doormat, um, like going back to this Leviticus verse, Uh, You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice, you shall judge your neighbor. Mm. You know, it's like there's still, there is still like reproof that happens 
accountability accountability Mm -hmm. amongst our like loving neighbor neighborly relations you know that is to love one another is to like hold each other accountable to justice and to these and mercy yeah and to leaving Mm -hmm. like to making sure everybody has what they need you know just things like that so um it's really just complexifying this idea of love and loving you know because it can get it can become so simplified and it's so much more complex Mm -hmm. um than than we want it to be but that's our whole life is to learn what it means to do that so those are our two points for today uh and point number one was mine and it was about thinking about these two places in hebrew scripture that jesus is quoting the shema and this uh, teaching from leviticus 19 this deuteronomy 6 and leviticus 19 and um, just thinking about how it's like jesus is pushing us to like hold to like have this kind of love of God and neighbor written on our hearts Mm -hmm. felt in our bodies you know strapped to our arms and our foreheads and uh and communicating that love to to our families and our friends and everybody and then uh Charlotte's was next and it was just about the reordering of our priorities you know that Jesus is asking of really embodying uh those things in our daily actions and reimagining how we uh, how we move about our lives when it's people and not things mm-hmm. that are that what that we are called to love and take care of and be responsible for. And so we would love to hear your third point as well as where you saw God uh, this week or any of your questions or comments from your stories or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. You can email us faith to go at edsd.org. Contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org, or you can direct message us or tag us on Instagram at faith to go and again we've got a feedback survey that mm-hmm. we'd love for you to take the link to that is uh embedded in the description to this podcast episode so if you just scroll down on your phone you'll find it click it take it we'd love to hear from you how you're using the uh, faith to go resources what you'd like to see from faith to go as we kind of reimagine where mm-hmm. we're going in this next chapter of the faith to go offering and thank you all for being our team members that's right And uh, we will be back next week uh, to talk about the gospel for uh, Sunday, November 7th, proper 27, and only a few Sundays left in ordinary time before Advent. Yeah, we must be like a month away. Mm -hmm. So thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll uh, we'll be back with you next time. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye, everyone. everyone.